I'm Jeff Parrott. The Utah House began their morning Thursday with a moment of silence for Ukraine. The solemn recognition came just hours after Russian military forces invaded the sovereign country. Russian tanks, aircraft, rockets, and troops sped into Ukraine in the early moments of Thursday morning. The attacks included strikes on the capital of Kyiv. The U.S. Department of Defense reported that Russia was attacking through three corridors with a focus on overtaking key population centers. President Joe Biden called the invasion a brutal assault with no provocation, justification, or necessity. In response to the Russian attack, Biden announced strong sanctions and new limits on exports. I had the opportunity to talk with Utah Representative Blake Moore on Thursday about the invasion and the U.S.'s role in response. Moore has a unique view on geopolitics as a member of the House Armed Forces and Natural Resources Committees. Here's a portion of that conversation, which has been edited for time. Congressman Blakemore, thanks for joining us. First, I just want to ask uh, how you're doing and what your reaction's been to the invasion of Ukraine. It's kind of a mixture of we've been expecting this. And then at the same time, Vladimir Putin just completely unprovoked, unlawfully fired on Ukraine. Right. And so there's this it's, it's a little bit of a dichotomy on. Yeah, we've, there's been talk about this. We've been talking about this, we've been preparing for this. And then. My goodness, like this is the gravity of this hasn't even really set in, but he fully just attacked Ukraine. And you haven't seen a superpower do something like that for a, a long time. And so this is a enormous deal. And we need to be able to bring a coalition together to have a strong response. There seems to be a, just a lot, a, t- a tapestry of things going on as far as energy policy, as far as foreign policy. Um, you kind of have a unique view into what this looks like on a national and international level in uh, your roles in Congress. Can you explain for us and kind of help us understand how this all works together and kind of how we got here? Right. You heard talk of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline for the last several weeks. It's become a much more known element to all of this. This is the pipeline from Russia through Germany, is that right? Yeah, the, the pipeline that will connect into Germany is one big one, but other European countries that rely on Russia for, for energy. The minute you have to rely on a dictator like Vladimir Putin, it's a recipe for disaster. You could, you could draw a direct correlation to the concerns that we all have about China as well, because so much of our economy and our our supply chain and everything relies on China and their bad actors as well. And so, but with respect to Russia, you know, this has been building over, over several decades and we need to make sure that Europe has other options because you get handcuffed to some degree on, on what you can do to respond. If you rely on them for energy to, to heat your homes during winter, you know, you, you saw Germany be put in a really d- tough situation. So you know, what type of liquefied natural gas can the U.S. be providing? You know, that actually has been a huge reason that we've been able to reduce reduce emissions over time. So it actually has the clean energy or the cleaner energy element, as well as providing a better option for some European countries. And that that helps thwart Russia, because then if we don't rely on them for anything, then you can take a stronger military uh, military stance against them. And we're not as worried about the major disruption that they have because of how integrated they are in certain economies. It's important for us to be able to provide Europe other options. Right now, it's going to have to be a bit retroactive, and our sanctions are going to need to be very strong. And you just heard President Biden talk about some of those sanctions and 
And I'm, and I'm hopeful for that. And we have to take that strong response, but we needed to be getting out ahead of this with respect to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline beforehand. You simply just cannot trust Putin. And we've seen this. This is a leader that has actually poisoned people. He's poisoned people that have been dissidents from his, his, his regime, right? And he walks into Crimea. There was an expectation he was going to do this to the eastern provinces in Ukraine. And obviously, he's taking it much more further. So there's no stopping. There's no saying what he ultimately won't do to make sure that Mother Russia, right, the concept of building back Russia's great empire isn't fulfilled. What can the United States do now? What should the United States be doing right now? I know President Biden just talked about increasing sanctions. You've mentioned that, you know, we're now playing catch up, but how do we get caught up? It's very difficult. We strengthening our NATO forces. Uh, NATO made it very clear that anything to any of our NATO allies is going to be met with military force. So making sure that that's, that's clear, that's sort of the immediate term. We need to support any type of refugees that are going to be coming out of Ukraine. Just implement the maximum amount of sanctions on Russia as possible is the, uh, the actionable items right now. I and mean, we have Hill Air Force Base assets that are getting stationed to you know some of the nearby countries, not just Germany, but uh, other nearby countries that are NATO allies. And we'll see what that does to Putin's aggression here onto Kiev and other parts of of Ukraine. What's Congress's role right now um, as far as sanctions? Does Congress need to do anything? Is that administration-led? Does Congress need to create and sign another resolution like the 2001 AUMF? Yeah, so we're actually getting a briefing here in a few hours from the administration, from Joint Chiefs, uh, SecDef, and even Janet Yellen uh, on the Treasury. This will be the first bipartisan briefing that uh, we've had since this really started flaring up. Obviously, the NATO, anything stipulated through NATO is already in place. And, and so there wouldn't be any declaration of war, anything that would need to be take place if, uh, if our NATO forces need to be addressed. Think back to Afghanistan, we had a role to play in the special immigrant visas and getting our mm-hmm. allies um, out of there and processed. Depending on what type of crisis this becomes, humanitarian crisis, there, there'll be issues there. That hasn't been presented to us right now. Uh, the other question would be, though, what additional sanctions do we do? Where, where can we really hit Putin where, where it hurts him? You know, the oligarchs that, that exist around him. Every single person should read Bill Browder's book, Red Notice. This is an authoritarian, evil regime. Putin is a, is, a, is a former KGB guy. He doesn't care about order. He doesn't care about international order. He doesn't care about standards. He does not care. He has a vision to reestablish Mother Russia to kind of create his legacy that he wants to be mentioned in Lenin and Stalin. Mm-hmm. Time. He, would look at, he would look at Gorbachev and say, we failed. He doesn't want to do that. He, he wants to reestablish what, what the CCCP was. Congressman Moore, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And Jessica Miller talked with Utah County Attorney David Levitt about his reaction to the invasion. Levitt taught law in Ukraine for over a decade and still has an apartment in Kiev. What's the God, I guess? And what's been going through your mind as you've been seeing this news that's been unfolding overnight? Well, I am extremely sad. And, um, you know, I've, I have some of my dearest friends in the world are literally fleeing for their lives as we speak. And they are 
you know, uh, a woman and her son and her mother that I, with, you know, with whom I ate chicken soup in their apartment three weeks ago or in, you know, the long traffic jam trying to get out of Kiev to get to the West to get to Poland. If Americans believe that allowing Vladimir Putin wholesale, in a wholesale fashion, or fashion, invade and take a country, that, that that's going to not affect every American life and, and every life in the world, they're kidding themselves. This, this is a, a moment in time when the world has to stand up against this. And if they don't, if they don't stand up in a united way, we're, we're looking at the very early days of, of probably the world war. Mm-hmm. And Utah's honorary consul to Ukraine, Jonathan Friedman, also denounced the invasion on Thursday. Friedman told the Tribune, and I quote, these events of aggression are terribly sad and unfortunate for innocent Ukrainian families that are just trying to lead their lives. They didn't ask for this. They did nothing to initiate the attack. It's bullying at its rawest form. It's completely unprovoked. And that's it for today. If you haven't already, please subscribe and let your friends know about the Daily Buzz. We're on all your favorite podcast apps. I'd like to thank the Tribune's Shola Cardenas for editing the Daily Buzz and the local band, the Pelicans, for our music. Have a good weekend, and we'll catch up with you again on Monday.